In extremely disappointing fashion, the Kings fall to the Spurs 142-134 in overtime, losing their second consecutive home game, losing a game where an attendance record at Golden 1 for a Kings game was set, and the game that was extremely hyped up because they had just clinched a playoff spot, but again, the Kings continued to just struggle at home for some reason, and in this game, they just never looked like they were ready to play at any point. <clears throat> Losing to a 19-20 win team, that was hard to watch. And I think it was exactly the type of game that I expected to happen. But it just took a really long time for it to happen this season. Because I can't remember a game where we lost to a team as bad as the Spurs. But I remember a lot of games where we let bad teams stick around in games. And you just can't get away with that time after time after time. And finally, the Kings aren't able to pull it out. And I thought when it went to overtime that they would be able to. But uh, couldn't convert on the final possession. And then after being, I think, what were they, 4-0, 5-0? In overtime, they get their first loss. The Spurs were 0-4 in overtime. So they got their first win in overtime. The offense wasn't necessarily the problem, obviously. But it still wasn't great. Taking way too many threes, especially early against a team that has horrible interior protection. They can't guard the paint. And the Kings were not going into the paint enough. And that starts with Fox who was 0 for 8 from 3. He was 10 for 23 overall. Take away those 8 threes, he's 10 for 15. And 8 for 8 at the line. I just don't know why he continues to shoot these. And I just hope that in the playoffs, he's able to go full games attacking the entire time and not settling for those. Because, I mean, I'd much rather him just take one dribble into the mid-range and pull up because he's just so much better at that. And I think it's one of those things where the analytics overall say that threes are better than long twos, but you can't look at it in that perspective. You have to go individual player by player. And if a if he he is shooting so much better in the mid-range than from three-point range. So it's just not worth it for him to take these threes. And maybe he just thinks that if he's able to hit the threes, then he'll be that much more of an effective offensive player, even though he's already an extremely effective offensive player. And so I'm hoping that it's more him just trying to grow that part of the game. And so when the playoffs come around and we need to win, he'll stop. But he just keeps shooting them. And then, you know, he did turn up in the fourth quarter. He turned up late and kept us in the game. Like he usually does, but still, just, I don't know. I don't understand the three-point attempts. And then the same can be said for other guys. I thought Herder took some bad shots. And there's just way too many three-point attempts. Uh, I understand the Kings want, want to get three-point attempts up, and when they're going in, it's great. But against a bad team, you you clearly don't need to shoot a good percentage from three to beat them, as long as you're not shooting a lot of them. But when you start just shooting early shot clock threes, then whether you win or lose the game is just based off whether you're hitting shots that day. 
And when you're playing a team like the Spurs, you don't want to take those chances. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, it was really rough. Obviously, the Spurs came out and were hitting three-point shots. And it's like, that's fine if it's keeping them in the game early. But then it was just, they the Kings started getting back cut to death. Just wide open layups. And then multiple times, guys just giving, getting driven straight by. Davion Mitchell getting driven straight by. Fox getting driven straight by. And these are NBA players who if you, I've been saying this all season, if you give them confidence, they will start making shots that they don't normally make or take even. And we saw that with Doug McDermott, who went for 30, was making some extremely tough shots down the stretch. And so it's just about letting teams hang around and gain confidence throughout the game because you know the Spurs didn't really expect to be in this game, even if they wouldn't admit that. That has to be the case, right? And so when all of a sudden they're leading in the fourth quarter or they're even in overtime, I mean, that's a big confidence boost. Like, we're in this. We have absolutely nothing to lose. And on the Kings side of that things, there is something to lose because the Grizzlies lost today. So if we win this game, we're one back of the Grizzlies for that second seed. And so that makes it even more disappointing along with the fact that you just have a crowd there that's extremely hyped up after you just clinched a playoff spot. But you can't turn up the defensive effort for that, for a record-setting crowd. It's just so confusing. And it's one of those games that's just a reminder that this Kings team, you know, they're, they're not a championship contender yet. There's still a lot of flaws. This season's been great, but it is still going to be a battle to make it out of the first round, and I know they can do it, but, uh, you know, they're a three seed, and it's definitely not a given that they're getting out of the first round, because they're they're just not a good enough team and an experienced enough team yet to be doing what they did in this game. The negatives on some individual performances, Kevin Herter, 5 for 17 from the field, 2 for 12 from the three-point line, Sabonis was Good in the third quarter, terrible in the first half, and uh, not great at the free throw line. 7 for 12 there. Kessler Edwards was 1 for 5 from the field, although um, I thought he had a good defensive game. Some individual positives. I'll start with Kessler Edwards. In that first quarter, he came in, and he just injected life into this team, getting three three straight steals. He wasn't credited for all of them, but he forced three straight turnovers. He was attacking the rim in transition. Not all of those steals, or only one of them, I think, led to a basket, because then on another one, Trey Lyles had like a four-on-one, and he decides to pick up the ball around the three-point line, and I don't know what that was. Kings were not good in transition and not taking advantage of turnovers, but Kessler was good defensively. I thought Alex Len was really good defensively. This is exactly what I wanted to see from Alex Len, really all season. And I don't know why we didn't try this earlier. I think he could have been doing this all season for us. Being a presence around the rim, protecting the rim, and getting rebounds. Because it's just so nice to have such a big guy in there just grabbing boards off the bench. Just reaching over guys. And then also being able to you know, put back, get put back dunks and get offensive rebounds. He had four offensive rebounds. Or... Uh, yeah, four. Uh, Kessler Edwards was also good on the offensive glass. 
So I, I hope we keep seeing Len. I think that's a big positive heading into the postseason is the way he's playing. Malik Monk was out after he uh, felt uh, discomfort in his leg somewhere, I think it was, uh, during warm-ups. And so Terrence Davis stepped into that role. I haven't heard uh, anything right now about Malik Monk, but they were saying they didn't think it was serious. But uh, Terrence Davis stepped up, and he, you know, he came in, he's not afraid to shoot, and he was knocking him down. This was a good Terrence Davis game, for sure. 5 for 11 from the field, 3 for 8 from the three-point line, grabbed three boards. He was a team high in plus minus, plus 15. I thought he had a really solid game. Terrence Davis really is the type of guy that if he were on another team, he'd be getting a lot more minutes, but it's just we don't need what he offers on a day-to-day basis because what he offers is a spark off the bench, and we already have that in Malik Monk, and he just doesn't have enough size to be good defensively uh, like Kessler Edwards, and he's not a smart enough player defensively. So Kessler Edwards is better for this team, but Terrence Davis is a really nice guy to have in case of injury or in case you just need a spark. And then the last guy I'll talk about is uh, Keegan Murray, who I thought had a really good game. I thought he had some pretty good defensive moments. Uh, And then on the offensive end, obviously he hit two out of four threes, so that's great. But uh, more than that, he was attacking the basket. He was making things happen off the dribble. He got a seal on a, and posted a guy up and uh, got a layup from that and was just doing a lot of other things other than shooting threes. And in the last few games, he's just looked really, really good and really, really improved because he had hit a bit of a rough patch and then now he's looking way better. And he just, he, he keeps improving. And so that is really really good to see this Kings team just for some reason just can't show up at home all the time and just can't do it defensively and I've heard the theories about uh, the the big theory that's going around is other teams are are using the crowd more than the Kings because they're more hyped up to play because it's not usually Uh, this good of an atmosphere for regular season games for wherever they play. So I thought that was pretty funny. That's a funny theory that's going around. But the Kings just got to be better defensively from the start of the game. Can't give guys confidence. Can't give guys career nights. You know, you're you're letting a guy named Champagne. It's not actually how you pronounce it, I don't think. I don't actually know how to pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try. But that guy... I mean, you're letting him get a career high in the first half. It's just always some random guy on these bad teams is going crazy against the Kings because you don't need to actually have crazy skills to beat the Kings defense. You just need to outwork them and just cut to the rim. Now that uh, we did lose this game, it probably means no two seed. Again, still a chance, but uh, with four games left, you have to make up two games. You got to go 4-0, I would think, because I just don't see the Grizzlies going 1-3 in their last. I feel like they're getting at least 2 out of 2, and so that's probably not going to happen. But that kind of takes the pressure off. Uh, It means maybe the Kings rest guys, maybe they don't, but uh, 
pressure's definitely off now. You're not getting caught. I mean, they have to, I think, win one more game to clinch the division. I said last time that they clinched the division because that's what ESPN said, but then they made a correction. They didn't actually, because I think Phoenix has the tiebreaker maybe against us, and they're four back with four games to go. So we would have to lose every game. They would have to win every game. That's the only uh, other thing that can happen in the standings for the Kings. The Kings end out their schedule with three out of four on the road. They go to New Orleans, then play a back-to-back in Dallas, then come home to play the Warriors, then go on the road to Denver. Denver won't be playing for anything. Dallas probably won't be playing for anything at that point, I think, because I, I think they're pretty much out at this point. They're not entirely out. But I, I think OKC has the tiebreaker against them for 10th, and they're one game back there. One game, they could do it, but uh, so they, they'll still probably be fighting uh, when we play them. But uh, Golden State will definitely be playing for something. New Orleans will be playing for something. So I guess three out of four games, the other team is playing for something. It'll be interesting to see uh, how these games go, how much uh, the Kings put into these last games, how much the other teams put into them. Uh, the next game against New Orleans, Brandon Ingram's been playing really well. So he's going to be the, the guy you need to stop. And then Trey Murphy's been shooting the lights out. So just can't let him get those open threes off the pick and roll. Anyways, that's going to do it for this episode of the Roll Report. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore the Royal Report, and I will see you guys next time to recap the game against New Orleans as the Kings march on to the playoffs. Peace.